This podcast contains explosive content and polarizing music. Listen discretion is advised. You have been What's up, everybody, and welcome back to a new episode of The Broadsheet from Dead Behind the Eyes. In this week's episode, of course, we'll be looking back at last week's news, including more about English lockdown, COVID, about the new vaccination, more about Trump, some sad news about Des O'Connor, we've got F1 news, and of course, we've got our weird, funny news at the end. So I hope you enjoy and I hope you stick around. So it's that time again. It's a Sunday evening, recording this, ready to be going out on Monday. Had another disappointing Sunday as normal, watching my NFL team play and lose again. That is now the eighth week in a row, and I gather people can guess what team that is then. But enough of that, I've got my beer, and I've got this week's news, so let's get into it. So of course, as normal, COVID has been dominating the news and us in England have been urged once again to make sure we're following the lockdown rules. And they're they're using the threat of Christmas, really. You know, one of the main things that have come out is saying that these next two weeks are absolutely crucial if England's lockdown is going to end on the 2nd of December. You know, don't threaten us and then not expect some sort of backlash. Especially when Johnson's own cabinet has not been consistent. You know, you've got Johnson saying that he insists that lockdown will end on the second when he says it was going to. But then you've got Michael Gove who says that measures could last way beyond the 2nd of December. I just don't know why they're being so inconsistent. I think you've got the fact that the vaccine has said that it's going to be brought out. And I think they're worried that people are going to be complacent because of that vaccine possibly becoming available. This does come from last week's figures of, I was actually on Sunday, recorded another 26,860 COVID cases, along with 462 deaths within a 28 day of testing positive for COVID. I don't know if I, if I like that figure of, you know, they 462 deaths within 28 days of, of a positive test. That don't necessarily mean that they died of coronavirus. Coronavirus could have been a complication which caused a mortality. Well, there we go, it is what it is. We've also got the creator, or one of the co-founders, of the vaccine that's made by BioNTech, saying that he thinks normal life is going to be back by next winter. They're pretty confident that the vaccines are going to kick in during the summer, when sort of cases are normally lower, and then everyone's basically going to be nearly immunitized ready for the winter now the uk is expected to get 10 million of those doses by the end of this year and then a further 30 million doses already ordered for the start of next year and this vaccine needs to be given in two doses and those two doses need to be three weeks apart so what happens with those three weeks if you're one of those people who are given a dose of the vaccine do you then need to quarantine for three weeks because you might become vulnerable in a different way this is things that i think the government need to address they need to give people more information of course the majority of us ain't going to get it for a long time 
and some people are refusing to get it, but we'll get onto that as the next news story. But we need more information. BioNTech are hoping that it will halve the transmission rate. And now you've got to remember that this vaccine is going to be global. So if they can halve the transmission rate globally, they're basically going to eradicate the virus pretty quickly. Another thing that's been said is they're not, because of course they haven't done long-term testing on it, they're not sure how long the immunity will last for, but they're pretty confident that a booster immunisation won't be too hard to come up with and it's going to be one of those things that people probably get regularly every year, like the flu jab. Now moving back to my point of people not having enough information, this comes with you've got Labour leaders demanding that emergency laws need to be put in place to stamp out, quote, poisonous, end quote, anti-vax content on social media. So they've been quoted as saying that sort of all the anti-vax stuff on social media is are, quote, poison, garbage, and need to be stamped out, end quote. They want these laws to come in to hold these social medias accountable for the stuff that's being put on their platform. And that's going to be financial and criminal penalties for the companies that fail to act, getting rid of that content off their platform. And they're calling for a strong public message to inform people of what the vaccine's going to be, what it will do. You know, you've got a lot of misinformation out there that has just been allowed to run wild. You can see that over in the United States with Trump's fraud claims. Again, next story. These segues i'm getting i'm getting good at this but anyway back to the anti-vax they say that they have secured a major commitment from facebook twitter and google to tackle that sort of content and not to profit from that material because of course they still profit from it because they still put ads next to it and to respond to that that flags content quicker And as I said, this is the same sort of thing that is going on in the United States at the minute with Donald Trump. He keeps putting on his social media, mainly Twitter, that the voting has been fraudulent. And Twitter seems to have been quite quick to, to stamp that out. But it's not just on Twitter. And now, of course, you've got Trump supporters backing him and it's going viral on, on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. These platforms are implementing special measures. These platforms are implementing special measures to reduce this spread of misinformation but they can't do it quick enough with the amount that's being put out there you've got three of the top 10 posts from trump are links to a far-right news site called breitbart or breitbart and they're covering general bill barr's inquiry into voting irregularities and inquiries in michigan and georgia the fourth one is to another right-wing news site called Newsmax and they're calling Pennsylvania's situation a constitutional travesty. What is a constitutional travesty is the fact that you've got a president who, as I've said in previous weeks, is throwing a temper tantrum because for the first time in his life someone has said no to him. You've got him saying that what has been set in stone for hundreds of years is not a thing because it doesn't agree with me. And you've also got other toxic things like the editor-in-chief of Mother Jones, Clara Jeffrey. She has been reporting that she thinks that Facebook has deliberately altered its algorithm to favour the Biden administration. You know, it's definitely more likely just that pro-Biden supporters 
were happy that he won and just went on the site to report how happy they were. Not that the fact of Facebook wanted Biden to win. Then again, I wouldn't put anything past Mark Zuckerberg. Now, moving on from all the politics, because you could sit here for hours just arguing the same point. We've had the sad news of the passing of Des O'Connor. He's died at 88. That was on Saturday. He passed away after a fall at his home just over a week ago. Now, Mr. O'Connor is, is fondly known for hosting his own chat show, Take Your Pick, Countdown, his comedy career, his singing career, his friendship with Morecambe and Wise, all, all huge achievements in his, in his lifetime. He presented his own primetime TV show for more than 45 years. And of course, I mentioned him being a singer. He had success with his singing. That career included four top tens and more than 30 albums. That's where his friendship with Morecambe and Wise really was, because they used to mock him for his singing ability in, in those sort of sketches. And yeah, it, it's, a, it's a shame. But at 88, he, he had a good innings. No one can, can argue that. And I'd like to think that he was pretty happy with what he managed to achieve. And talking of achievements, Lewis Hamilton won his seventh Formula One title this week at the Turkish Grand Prix. He managed to clinch this season's Drivers' Championship. He's now so far ahead that he can't be, even if he didn't finish every single race, he can't be caught. So he's now secured his seventh Formula One title, and that's equaling Michael Schumacher's record. And of course, last month, he already surpassed Schumacher's record of the most race wins. And now he's equaled his his title wins. The race was interesting in, in um, Turkey. It was wet, it was slippery, and he, he proved sort of why he he does deserve it. Even I'm, I'm not the big Lewis Hamilton fan, He's an amazing driver. I just don't really like him. But he seemed to have genuine emotion about it. It wasn't just he expected it to happen. So I've got to tip my hat to him. Now, carrying on with the upbeat news, we have our weird news section. I've got quite a few this week. Seems like it's been quite a uh, strange one. We're going to start with a egg fight at a Tesco's local. This happened on Remembrance Sunday. Of course, with Remembrance Sunday, you have a two-minute silence. The whole shop stopped and were paying respect in that two-minute silence, but someone else was still walking around shopping and talking. So someone told her to shush, and all that can be said was other shoppers just said they heard screaming and shouting. One reported hearing, you've disrespected my mother. So I'm not really sure what was said, all I can say was it was carnage because there were eggs everywhere. A police spokesman said, quote, following a verbal altercation reportedly involving a man and a woman and another two women, a man allegedly assaulted the two women, end quote. Witnesses are asked to please contact the police. Well, I don't know exactly what happened, but it was just an egg fight. A man assaulted two women. He threw an egg at them. Stop being a snowflake. Moving on to someone else who ended up with egg on their face. A bunch of con artists have managed to dupe a doctor into buying a £72,000 fake genie lamp. Now, police have arrested these people, but I think they should get away with it. If someone is stupid enough 
to buy a lamp thinking it's got a genie in it, then the people who done that should be able to keep the money. And it's not like they've done it to someone who was stupid, they've done it to a doctor. The news article said that the two men have been arrested after a doctor was conned into buying what he thought was an Aladdin's lamp for £72,000. Now, it's even reported in the story that they conjured up the genie prior to him in buying it. And it turns out that was just one of the con artists in disguise. I don't know what this man is a doctor of. All I'm saying is, I don't want him to come near me ever in my life. If you can't tell the difference between what's supposed to be a genie and a man just in disguise, then how do you know the difference even between my hand and my foot? The man contacted police when he realized that the lamp didn't have any magical powers. A senior police officer has come out and said the cheats had struck a deal for much more but the doctor had only paid about 7 million rupees. That's $93,000, £72,000. He said the men were arrested on Thursday and were remanded in custody ahead of charges being filed. Now they're also looking for one of their men's wife who apparently was in on the con deal as well. Let him go. Take that geezer's doctorate away from him I think is the way to go here. Over in France, it seems that we've got some kids that need to be going to see a doctor because a elementary school in France has had to put up posters because parents who have turned up to school late have just been throwing their kids over the fence because it gets shut. The school put the signs outside its gate showing like a cartoon of a parent basically yeeting a small child over a fence and it asked the parents not to throw their children but instead to wait for the gates to be opened at 10 a.m. or 3 p.m. I would just want to go and be a bystander at this school, probably, what, about 9 a.m., 9.30, and just watch these kids getting thrown over a fence. I just think that's got to be hilarious. It's an elementary school as well, so these parents are throwing young children over a fence because they're late to school. Surely there's a buzzer system where somebody could just let them in. I've actually got a picture of the poster, and I will post it on the Instagram which is Dead Behind the Eyes podcast. That along with our next story, another image. Now, I don't really know how someone's got away with this, and I hope they didn't get paid. Now, this is a restoration that was done on a Spanish building of a woman's face, and it is terrible. This is a carving that is on an early 20th century building in Palencia, and it's of a woman smiling next to some livestock, but... A recent restoration effort has just, it can only be explained as severely deformed. You know the painting that done its round of, I believe it was supposed to be a depiction of Jesus and it was sent to someone to get cleaned. They mucked it up and then tried to repaint it. I'll find an image of that one and put that one up as well alongside this one. That is basically what's happened. That is the stone version of that painting. Talking of things that don't look like what they should be, in Bogota, Colombia, there is a shrine that has been made in a car park of a bakery because a water stain apparently looks in the shape of Virgin Mary. They reckon it's Virgin Mary's silhouette. And this has actually become a place of worship and they reckon it's a protection against coronavirus. And this bakery have got 
between 50 and 60 people coming every day to pray in front of a water stain in hopes it will protect them against coronavirus. One of the bakery workers called Lorena told the local newspaper every day between 50 and 60 people come here. Before buying something in the bakery, they visit the spot and pray and somehow it is really important for them and us. Now, I would like to pick up on that point of they buy something in the bakery. Now, are the bakery making people buy something to see the water stain or are people buying something at the bakery because it's on the site of where the water stain is? Because if it's the first one, all you've got here is somebody playing a trick on people trying to get some money in. And much like the lamp, if people are stupid enough to fall for it, then I'll crack on. I tried to give them the benefit of the doubt until I saw the water stain. And again, that picture will be also posted on Instagram and you can see for yourself that you wouldn't even look twice at it. And it seems like somebody has got their head screwed on at the bakery because someone else has denied the shape and just thinks it could be a coincidence. I think that's probably more like it, isn't it? It's probably just a coincidence. It weren't really funny news, really, was it? It was more like people just being mentalists. But I think that's about it for today. I think next week I will pick up on a few maybe UFO stories. It seems like when I was researching what to talk about, there's a couple of, of UFO stories that are about, but it seems they're still in they're still developing. So hopefully by next week there'll be some more reports on them. So I think they might be quite interesting. And of course on Friday you will have the third instalment of the Everything Star Wars series that I'm doing where we will be looking at the prequel trilogy. The worst ones. Probably just because Disney took it over and didn't really know what to do with it because they don't really know how it all works. But there we go. We'll talk about that Friday. So that has been the broadsheet from Dead Behind the Eyes. This episode was written, produced and hosted by me, William Robbins. Music was by Adam Vitovsky and Darren Curtis. And I'd like to thank you all for listening. If you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or just the review wherever you are. And if you would like to contact me, of course, you can do it through our Instagram, which is Dead Behind the Eyes Podcast. You can do it on our Facebook by just putting in Dead Behind the Eyes. You'll see the, the podcast artwork. Or you can email us at dbte dot podcast at gmail.com so that's the first letters of dead behind the eyes dot podcast at gmail.com and just drop us a line with whatever you want to talk about if it's good if it's bad you know hit us up if there's something you think that should be talked about on this show you can also contact us about that as well i hope everyone have a good one i hope everyone stays safe and join me next time for a new episode from dead behind the eyes <laughs>